One of the things I love about celebrating Advent is that it's so much harder to miss the purpose of the season. You know, when I grew up, my family, we didn't celebrate Advent. We didn't even know what that word meant. But Christmas would just show up. Like, you just wake up like, oh, it's Christmas. I mean, there's the anticipation, especially as a kid. But you kind of miss the buildup. You kind of miss the, the, the real meaning of the season. And Advent kind of creates this season where we're, we're anticipating and we're expecting and we're thinking and we're, we're talking about all this. And so uh, I love the fact that we put this Advent guide together for you guys this year to kind of, here's a resource, here's, here's some things to really make the most of this opportunity that Advent presents in front of us. And the theme of that guide and really the theme of our Advent this year is slowing down. Because it's so easy, like we're just always in a rush, we're always going someplace, we always have a to-do list, a checklist, and it's so easy to just kind of rush right through all this, even doing the things, even doing the, the, the traditions and the stuff, but, but kind of missing the true meaning of it. And really, we wanted just to challenge all of us, let, let's slow down, let's don't miss it. And, and that's, that's hard, that's a challenge, like uh, we've got all these things that are kind of are expected of us and all these things that are in front of us all the time, but to, but to carve out time in the midst of the busyness, in the midst of the craziness, to, to kind of slow down. So we talked last week about waiting and how we need to be purposeful in our waiting. We need to be uh, really focused on in this season of waiting, which is Advent's all about. There, there was a, a lot of waiting for the first Advent when Jesus was born, and then there's a, a waiting period that we're in for him to come again. And so let's, let's make the most of the waiting. And today we're going to talk about reflecting, that Advent presents for us the season of an opportunity to reflect, to remember, to think about the story and what it tells us about God. Like it's, it's a story that's familiar. It's a story that we, every year we come back and we circle back and we go, hey, remember the story. It's awesome. But we need to stop and think about, reflect on the truth of the story, reflect on the real meaning of the story. And so Psalm 78 is just one of those passages where in the Bible we're, t- we're told we should remember, we should reflect, we should make sure we're passing these stories on to our children. And, and there's, like I said, there's a lot of places in our Bible where it tells us that. In fact, remembering and reflecting is, is really kind of a command that we're given in the scriptures. Make sure you tell, them, tell that next generation. Make sure you pass this on. Make sure you tell these stories. And this season of Advent gives us an opportunity to do that. Maybe, maybe in the normal busyness of our lives, we don't do that as much as we should. But here in this season, we're surrounded by it all the time. You walk in a store, you hear Christmas songs. It's, it's on the radio. It's like everything. You see Christmas lights. You see decorations. Like, uh, it's just around us all the time, and it gives us this opportunity to reflect. Psalm 78, this psalmist is saying, hey, 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 hey listen, everybody. Gather around. Listen. I'm going to tell you these stories. I'm going to tell you about the greatness of God. I'm going to tell you what he has done. And, and the psalmist at that time could point back to amazing stories. He could point back to all kinds of things that God had done. He could point back to getting them out of Egypt. He could point back to Abraham and Isaac and that story. He could point back to uh, the, the walking across the Red Sea on dry land. He could point back to the Passover. He could point back to all these amazing, here's what God did moments. And that's what he was doing. But for us, in this Advent season, we have the best story ever. 
We have the story that all those stories were pointing towards. They were just shadows of, they were great stories, but they were really just shadows of the story of Jesus who was going to come and redeem us and rescue us. The gospel story is the greatest story, and Advent is the beginning of that gospel story. It's when Jesus, when God himself takes on flesh in the form of his son, he's fully God, fully man, was born of a virgin, born and, and laid in a manger. Like, this is the most amazing story of all time, and so we get a chance in this season to reflect on that story, to make sure we don't miss that. And Advent gives us an opportunity to reflect that way. And reflecting is, it's helpful for us. It's, it's a useful thing. It's not just a commandment, but it's something that, that really provides some necessary stuff for us as we're following Jesus, as we're trusting him, as we're living this thing out. Reflecting is really, really helpful. And one of the reasons is because reflecting keeps us from forgetting. Reflecting and remembering and looking back and remembering, here's who God is and here's what he's done. It keeps us from forgetting, which sounds kind of crazy, but if we're really honest, we know that we're really a forgetful people, aren't we? And I'm not talking about that kind of forgetting when you, um, you, just, you just don't remember at all, like when you... You walk into a room, and you had a purpose in walking into that room, and then you can't remember why you walked in that room. You walk in, is that, is that just me that that's happening to? But I'm walking in a room, like, why did I come in this room? I have no idea. And I, I know it's not just me. Steve Hay was in our earlier service, and he said that that happens to him. In fact, sometimes he doesn't even know there's a swimming pool there, and he just walks over there. But, like, that, that happens. That's a, like, I just forgot. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this practical sense that we act like we don't remember. We act like we forgot. And man, the people of God, they did that all the time. And God would do one thing and they would celebrate and they would worship and then they would turn around and they would forget. They, they, they knew he had done that, but it was like, but now what, what's he doing now? And it's like they, they lived like and they responded to things and they acted like they were forgetting and reflecting, like being intentional about it, re- remembering, reflecting, making sure like it keeps us from forgetting. I'm going to show you a passage. You can stay on Psalm 78, but I'm going to show you a passage on the screens from Psalm 106 that talks about this idea of the people of God being forgetful. In verse 7 of Psalm 106, it says, Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, they did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but they rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his namesake, that he might make known his mighty power. He rebuked the Red Sea, and it became dry, and he led them through the deep as through a desert. So he saved them from the hand of the foe and redeemed them from the power of the enemy, and the waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them was left. Then they believed his words. They sang his praise. Look at verse 13. But they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. I mean, you see this all throughout Scripture. The people are like, oh, yes, God's with us. And then they turn around and they forget. And, and just in this story, if you can keep that passage up on the screen, you, just the, the amazing characteristics of this story, just kind of trying to wrap your mind around it, like, when it says that they were in Egypt and they didn't consider and they forgot, it's basically, this is talking about that period when they had just been released from captivity, and, they're, and they have their freedom. After 400 years of slavery, they've finally been delivered, and God had just done that in a crazy, miraculous way, with all those plagues, and then finally the Passover, the death of the firstborn, like, there, there was, there was a, 
a huge display of God's power and his deliverance and his rescue for his people in that moment. And, and as they're getting out and they're still like moving towards the, the promised land, they come up to the Red Sea and they just right here in their rear view, just right behind them is God's deliverance. And they get to the Red Sea and they're like, we're trapped. We're, where are we going to, we can't get... And then they turned around and they looked, and here's Pharaoh who's changed his mind once again. He's coming down the, with his army, and they're like, and we're, we're going to die. I mean, they, he just delivered them with crazy amounts of miracles. And they get to the Red Sea and they're like, we're going to die. It would have been better for us to just stay in Egypt. And then it says that God delivered them for his name's sake. God's always working for his glory even when we're not obeying him. Like that's what he does. He delivered them anyway, even though they were rebelling, even though they lost faith, even though they forgot. He delivered them. He made the Red Sea stand up. They walked across on dry land. Can you just imagine they're walking across like this is amazing. They get across and they're like, oh no, Pharaoh's coming now. And he gets up, his army gets there, and God says, nope. And the Red Sea covers them up. They all drown. That's a part of the story we don't usually tell the children, but they're, they're all gone. And what are they doing in that moment? He did it. He did Wow, he delivered us. It says they're singing his praises. And they're like, let's go to the promised land. And they start walking. And they're like, he said there's going to be milk and honey. That's funny because I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. And they're walking and they're looking around like this is a desert. Where are we going to get food? What are we going to drink? We're going to die. That's what they said. I mean, it, they immediately, verse 3, they soon forgot his works. Like, this is how the people of God, this is part of their story, is yes, God has delivered us. Oh, there's another problem. We're going to die. And it sounds crazy until you remember how, how much we're like that. God gets us through whatever he gets us through. I mean, like the last couple of years, there's been some stuff, right? <laughs> We've been, we've been going through some things, all of us together, and then there's people in the room. I know there's some specific challenges that you've been in, in, right in front of you in the last few months, few years, whatever, and God has sustained us, and we know that. Even in those situations where we're like, that's not what I would have picked, that's not the path I wanted to be on, that's not the trial I wanted in my face. But we know, here's what God did. He sustained us. And then we turn around from that and something else happens that's unexpected, something else happens that's right in our face, something else, some other trial comes and we throw our hands up and go, why is this happening to me? We even have the stories. I have the stories of, well, the last time God got me through this and you know what? It deepened my relationship with him. It strengthened my faith. It made me stronger. Not because I'm stronger, because God made me stronger in the midst of that trial. And then the next trial comes, I'm like, why would God ever let this happen to me? Because, man, we forget. The Bible says if we'll remember and reflect, and not just like hope that we remember some things, but we'll really, really be intentional about reflecting. And in Advent season, we have this right in front of us all the time, this opportunity to reflect on that. Hey, look at, look at who God is. Look at what he's done. Look at the gospel. Look at the story of Jesus, that we, we had no hope, and he rescued us by sending and coming into this world. Jesus came, took on flesh, lived a perfect life, took our place on the cross, died the death that we should have died, and rose again to conquer that for us. 
And let's reflect on that so that when the next thing happens, we don't forget. Reflecting, it keeps us from forgetting. And it's really because reflecting changes our perspective. When you're reflecting and you're remembering, you're intentionally remembering what God has done, who he is and what he's done, it changes your view. It changes the way you see your current circumstances. It changes your perspective on all that. You you just can't, can't really help it. If you're really being a good, doing a good job of remembering God's faithfulness, it will change how you see your current circumstances every time. Psalm 103 verse two says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. His benefits, the benefits of life with Christ, the blessing, the abundant blessings that he pours out on us as we're following him. The psalmist says, hey, don't forget those benefits. There's the old hymn that says, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. When you do that, when you reflect, when you remember, in the midst of a difficult situation, in the midst of pain, in the midst of trials, in the midst of loss, when you count your blessings, when you name them, you realize, man, God is faithful, and it changes your perspective about what you're going through. It has to. Every single time. If you, if you really took that literally and said, okay, family dinner, let's, let's name our blessings one by one until we get to the end. You're never going to finish that dinner. You're going to run out of paper and the ink's going to dry up. Like you're not going to get to the end of God's blessings for his people, not just generally, but specifically for us. And so when we're reflecting, when we're being intentional and like, hey, hey, remember the story? Talk about this. This is how God rescued us. He sent his son to be born on the script, like we're reflecting and it changes our perspective. Reflecting's good for us because it also gives us hope for the future. Reflecting, just, it doesn't just change our perspective about right now, and that's huge. We need that like all the time, but it also changes how we approach the future, the hope that we have, the, the confidence we have in God's ability to sustain us in the future. If you look back at Psalm 78, I, I think that that's what he's kind of telling us here. This is all this stuff he says about, hey, tell the children. Make sure you don't miss a generation. Tell the children about the great, glorious deeds of the Lord. And then those children will tell their, their children, and even the children that haven't been born yet, will be, they'll be in line to hear the story of the greatness of God. So pass it down. And then verse 7, he says, here's why. Here's why you need to do this. So that they should set their hope in God. Not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. So we already talked about this, not forgetting, but here's what he says first. You got to tell them, you got to reflect, you got to remember so that you'll have hope. And you'll have hope in the right thing, the hope that doesn't disappoint, hope in God. When I reflect and look on how many times God has sustained me and got me through this trial, that trial, he's, he's continually led me, he's never abandoned me, he's always with me, he's always working on my behalf. The gospel tells me these things, the gospel tells, hey, if God didn't withhold his son from me, he's not going to withhold anything that I need. That even while I was an enemy of God and a sinner, Christ, God demonstrates his love for us by sending Jesus to die for us. All that truth, when I'm reflecting on that truth, I know that as I go into the future, no matter what happens, God will be with me. And reflecting gives us hope for the future. We set our hope in God. 
Not our circumstances, not the things around us, but no, here's what I hope in. God's always had me. He showed me that on the cross. So even when I don't understand the future, or I'm concerned, or I'm confused, or I have just no idea about it, I know that God is with me. He promised he would be. So reflecting does that, that we should set our hope in God. And then reflecting helps us to follow him. That's what he says in verse 7. So that they'll set their hope in God, they won't forget the works of God, and then here's what we'll do, they'll keep his commandments. When we reflect on who God is and we intentionally remember the truth, here's who God is and here's what he's done. Here is the gospel story. It, it leads us to respond to him with obedience. It leads us to respond to him with our lives. It leads us to follow him. In this season, we sing these Advent songs, these rich, truth-filled songs of the story so that we can reflect. When it's not Advent, we sing a, a bunch of great worship songs here. If you're, if you're new to Crosspoint, stay with us until January. We sing those worship songs. One of the songs that I love is that song, I'll Follow You Anywhere, because it starts with this phrase, there's a million reasons to trust you. There's a million reasons to trust him. Man, we, we know that he's got our future because of he's had us for all this time. There's all these reasons. There's way more than a million. I can't count as high as it really is. It's probably like a Brazilian or something like that. I don't even know how many that is. But it's like a lot, a lot of reasons. There's all these reasons to trust him. And when we see that, here's the response. Man, I'll follow him anywhere. I will obey him in all my life. I will lay down my life for him. Why? Because there's so many reasons to trust him. Count those blessings. See what God has done. When we're reflecting, that's what it's leading us to do. That's why reflecting is so important. And in this season, it just gives us an opportunity to reflect in a different way. So reflecting, it, it keeps us from forgetting. And we're so forgetful. We need that. We need that discipline in our life. Reflecting changes our perspective about our current circumstances. It gives us hope as we head into the future that's so unknown for all of us. And it helps us. It pulls us. It leads us to respond to him by following him by living our lives for him. So how do we do this? Especially in this season, how do, we, how do we do this? How do we reflect and remember with purpose, with being intentional about those things? Let me, let me just give us a few ways to consider in this Advent season that we can reflect and remember that hopefully we even turn into a, a process, a, kind of a lifestyle of reflecting and remembering. The first thing I think we should say is that we should just take advantage of this season to reflect. There's all this pressure that we feel, right? Oh, it's Advent season. We've got we to gotta come up with some ideas and some traditions and all these things and make sure it's the right ones, the kids are okay with it. And, you know, look, all this pressure all the time. Here's the deal. Advent, there's just opportunities in front of us. It's just right there in front of us. Just take advantage of it. You're looking at Christmas lights? They're beautiful. That's awesome. When you're out there looking at Christmas lights, just talk about the fact that, hey, you mean light came into the darkness. I mean, he is the light of the world. That's what the Christmas lights are representing, the light that Jesus, there was so much darkness, so much silence. Had God left them, had he abandoned them, and then all of a sudden light broke through. And so use the things that are right in front of you. You're, you're baking cookies and you're listening to Christmas music and there's some good Christmas music that really tells the stories. There's other Christmas music that's talking about deck the halls and stuff. And it's just, I don't know. But when you hear the truth in the songs, you're baking cookies. Have the conversation. 
You know what this is about? You know what this is talking about? You know, you remember this part of the story? Even when the kids say, yeah, I've heard it a bunch of, like, to remind them. Remember. We, we need to do these things. Take advantage of the season. That, that passage, that, if you're into family discipleship, and our church is really big into that, we, we love that passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6 where God is saying, hey, make sure you tell these commandments to the, your children. And he says, hey, talk about them when you're walking down the road. Talk about them when you're lying down at night. Talk about them when you get up in the morning. Talk about them when you're eating breakfast. I mean, he says, talk about them all the time. What is he talking about? What's right in front of you? Talk about it. Stuff's going on in the world and your kids have questions about it, talk about it and point them to the biblical truth. You know, in those rare seasons when the world seems like it's melting down around us, I know everything's good right now, but in those seasons, like, point your kids back to the God of hope that hasn't left us and is not surprised and use what's right in front of you all the time. I think that's what it, it looks like in Deuteronomy. It's like, hey, you're walking down the road, you see something, talk about what God has to say about that. So sometimes you don't have to come up with something new. You don't have to create a whole new thing. There's just things that are natural, especially in this Christmas season, that will open up these conversations so you can reflect and remember. So take advantage of the season. And then I think it's important that we establish traditions as well. We establish traditions to help us remember, to help us reflect and remember. That there's things that we do that... Maybe we only do them during Advent, but we do them every year because we want to remember the story and we don't want to miss it. We don't get caught up in the commercialism. We want to remember the true meaning of Christmas. And so we establish traditions. You can establish those on your own. You can establish those with your family, your extended family, with your friends. You can, like establish these traditions that bring these things back to mind. And in the Old Testament, you see this so many times. God would do something huge. He would do something big. And then even, even God told them to do this sometimes. But sometimes they just decided and they would go, you know what? God did something here. So let's pile up some rocks. And they would do it. They would just pile, they'd make a huge pile of rocks. In my mind, it was huge. I don't know. But like they made a pile of rocks. And at one point, God says, hey, make a pile of rocks here. And every time you walk past that pile of rocks, your kids are going to look at that and go, why is that pile of rocks over there? And every time you do, you get to point to that pile of rocks and go, oh, that's when God did this. And point them to that story. We need to pile up some rocks. We need to establish these traditions, even if they're once a year type of traditions that remind us of who God is and his faithfulness and the things that he has done. And Advent gives us all these opportunities, all these things right in front of us all the time. In that Advent guide, there's just resources for you. Uh, Jamie Lee wrote one of the articles about tradition specifically and all the different things that you can grab a hold of and add into your uh, family routine that help you remember. And, and, and you do it every single year. Even as your kids grow up, you do it. Like for years, my kids, we did the Jotham's Journey series. There's four books in that series. We would just cycle through them. They finally have told me we're, we're, we're kind of done with that. I think we went through them like three or four times. But we did it every year, and we came back to these stories every year because, man, we want them to remember. And if we don't, we'll drift away and we'll forget. I remember my, my Greek professor in seminary, he said, repetition is the mother of all learning. He drove that point home. Repetition is the mother of all learning. And so we need to repeat these things all over time. I got that statement. I didn't get the Greek part. I didn't repeat that enough. 
Every time they come up with a new variant, I'm like, oh, that's a Greek letter? I had no idea. So like, but that's, that's true though. The more we repeat these things, the more we pass by, the more we have these traditions, the more we remember, the more we won't drift away. We won't forget. And so we establish these kinds of traditions. Um, my, my daughter, the summer, after the summer with Igo, we did a, a back-to-school challenge, and, and we were talking about this idea of reflecting and remembering. And I talked about the pile of rocks, and I, I said, God did some things in your life this summer. Maybe you're on a mission trip. Maybe you're at a camp. And I challenged them to grab a rock, you know, from, the, from their yard or somewhere. It's Rockwall, Texas. You can find a rock somewhere. So I said, grab some rock and, and maybe just, like, reflect what did God do in your life this summer that will give you hope for the future as you start a new school year? I said, write a word on it or write a verse or paint it or draw something on there that reminds you of God's faithfulness. And so my daughter, Glory, did this. She, she was uh, at a camp that I preached at this summer called Super Summer. She was in the blue school. So she painted the rock blue to remind her of her blue school experience. And then they were focused on Romans 8.28 a lot. And so she wrote uh, Romans 8.28, God works all things for good for those who love him. And she painted this rock. And I thought it was great. And... The challenge was to take this and then put it somewhere where you'll see it all the time. Put it on your nightstand. Put it on the sink where you get ready in the morning. If you drive and you have one of these, put it in your cup holder so you see it all the time so you, you don't forget. You remember God's faithfulness. And man, that, that would be a good thing. If you're looking for something to do with your kids, grab some rocks. Have them draw something on there. Have them paint something on there. Have them write a word. Have them... Have them put a verse on there and then use it as a tool so that you pass by it all the time and you reflect and remember. Let's, let's be creative. Let's establish those traditions. Nicole would love it if you posted that and tagged us in that so we could share that. We could see what all we're doing to take advantage of the season and establish these traditions. And even beyond that, I think what we need to do is we need to build habits and routines that cause us to remember. Traditions once a year, that's awesome, that's great. But when you really, really want to keep yourself from drifting away and forgetting, then you need some habits in your life. You need some routines in your life. You need some daily practices for simple things like reading your Bible, praying. Maybe piling up rocks for you in a, in a consistent way is, is having a journal and recording the things that God is doing and writing it down so you can look back on it. Maybe it's a prayer journal so you see how God's answering your prayers. I love sitting by uh, Glory, and I'm picking on her right now, but I love sitting by her in church because she can look back through all of her notes that she takes during these sermons, and she doesn't just take them during mine, and you can see what she's learning. And it's just a discipline. It's just a habit. It's just a routine of saying, hey, I'm writing these things down so I won't forget. So I'll have something to go back to. I think I heard something about that one time. Maybe it was in my journal. Maybe it was in my notes. And I go back and I look at that. And when we establish these kinds of habits and routines, it helps us to remember. It helps us to reflect, oh, yes, this is who God is. This is what he's done. This is who he says I am. This is where I find my identity. I'm accepted by him. I don't need it from everywhere else. And I come back to that all the time. And those kinds of habits personally are really, really important. And those kinds of habits corporately are just as important. As that's why we gather weekly, because we need a rhythm and a routine in our life to come back here, be with God's people, sing these songs, open his word, and remember who he is and what he's done for us. I need that every week, because on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, stuff happens in my life that, make, that 
lead me to forget. Same for you, right? And I'm a little worried about our culture and our generation who says, man, if I'm, if I'm at worship once or twice a month, I'm pretty good. No, man, if I was only at worship once or twice a month, I'm not going to be good. I, I'm, I, don't, I don't get that just because I'm a pastor. I'm not here every week just because I'm a pastor. I'm not talking about legalistically, you can't miss. I'm just talking about I need the reminder. I need to hear the gospel every week. I need to hear Jesus did this for me and I'm accepted forever for all eternity because of him. Because I'm being told lies all the other days. And I need to come back and gather with his people. And I need those rhythms and those routines. You guys know that I love this Paul Tripp guy in his New Morning Mercies book. Here's what he says about this. Corporate worship is designed to rescue us from our gospel amnesia and root, us, root our identity once again in the person and work of Jesus. Advent, non-advent, Normal Sunday, normal season. Corporate worship is designed to that because why? We, we drift away from the gospel. We forget that we're accepted, who he is, what he's done, and we drift away from that. And I need to come back with God's people and go, oh, no, 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 no. This is who Jesus says I am. I need this. Because that's what it's all about. I mean, this Advent season, we have this great opportunity to tell the Christmas story, but the Christmas story points to the Easter story. It points to our redemption. It points to our rescue. It points to our salvation when Jesus took our place on that cross. Here's where it starts. Here's where it's going. And the end is for all eternity, us worshiping him. And we need those routines, and we need those reminders. Paul said we need to remember the gospel. Paul said we need to take, be intentional, take effort, take, take time all the time, to remember how desperate we were and how rescued we were. In Ephesians chapter 2, he says it this way. Look at the first word of verse 12. Remember. Remember that you were at that time, before you put your faith in Jesus, you were separated from Christ, you were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and you were strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That was us. Remember? We were separated. We had no hope. We were cut off. Look at verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you and me, who were once far off, we've been brought near by the blood of Christ. It's the gospel. Paul says, remember, reflect, don't move away from it. This is the gospel truth. We were hopelessly cut off because of our sin from God forever. We didn't have anyone to belong to. We were alienated. We were strangers. We were enemies of God. And God sent Jesus. This Christmas story is him rescuing us, sending his son to be born of Mary, like to rescue us, to bring us back. We were cut off, and now we've been brought near. We were separated, and now we're part of the family. We were enemies of God, and now we're his friends for all eternity because of Jesus don't forget that. Reflect on that. Remember that. This Advent season, let's make sure we don't. Don't miss it. Carve out some time in the midst of the craziness. Take advantage of what's right in front of you and reflect on who God is and what he's done so that we can worship him for who he is and what he's done. Let's pray. God, thank you for the truth and your word that encourages us and challenges us and teaches us and all the things. We need it, every bit of it. And, and God, I, I pray that you will help all of us in the midst of the craziness and the busyness, even in this season, 
especially in this season. Help us to reflect and remember who you are and what you've done and what this story, this Christmas story is telling us about that. So that we don't forget. So that we have the proper biblical, true perspective. So that we have hope for all the things in front of us. So that we will follow you and live for you. God, help us to do that. For your glory, we pray it. And in Jesus' name, amen.